0: This is the Gary Vee Audio Experience. Passion is the ingredient that most matters in success. I agree, but here's how I think about it. Without passion, nobody, if if Tony Hawk wasn't passionate about skateboarding, if I wasn't passionate about becoming one of the great entrepreneurs of a generation, if LeBron wasn't passionate about basketball, they wouldn't have put in, I wouldn't have put in the hours, the work, when, you're, when it all makes no sense, when it's 10.30 at night tonight and I've got to go to one more meeting but i got to wake up at 5.30 and you know, if I didn't have the passion for the game, I wouldn't do it. I would cancel it. I wouldn't have booked it in the first place. And so it becomes the gateway drug religion that allows you to do the tactical things. I have a vision to where we're going in the future. I come up with stuff every day that very few people are thinking about And then, in parallel, and this is one of the biggest reasons I still have a personal brand, I use Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook and Twitter every single day. I'm a practitioner. I get my hands dirty. I'm the architect and the mason.
1: So I, uh, over this past year, uh, I was working at a startup and then recently got laid off or uh, was made redundant in December of this year. Okay, okay. I kinda like I was at a point in my life where I was like in sales and I was I was like pretty into it and you know, I was like, All right, you know, this is working for me and then I don't know, like I just suddenly was like not that excited about it. So now I'm trying to figure out what Not my next excited
0: step is. not excited because of the gut punch of the layoff or not excited prior to it?
1: I think not excited prior to it. Okay. Like I was working so I was working at Yelp. Yep. And uh, like a lot of high volume outbound cold call sales. Yep, yep. And you know, it was just one of those things that I started doing. I got into it just because, you know, I need to be making money and sure. job. Yep. And uh, you know, it came to a point where it was like another opportunity presented itself and I was just like, All right, well, you know, maybe this will be different. I'll be in a startup, it'll be I'll have a lot more autonomy over my day, and then I kinda just found out that I was getting pushed back in that same direction, which is just like a bunch of outbound cold call you know, sales calls, right. and I, I don't know, I just, like for, for me, it was just like, uh, I, mean, I felt like I was like living a groundhog day, where I was basically just like waking up, doing the same thing over and over and over again. You were. Yeah, um, and so, I guess, like, now I'm at a situation where I just moved back home with my parents, and I guess I'm trying to figure out what what's going to excite me, or like, what, what my next step should be, because I think going and continuing to do the same thing is obviously not, not going to... Be good for my self-esteem, or good for me mentally. Like I think I've kind of at this point decided, what do I like? I don't want to do this, but at the same time, I don't know what it is that I do want to do. But I you guess, like, do kind of figure so that out.
0: Can you afford Andy? Watch this. You can knock that over. Uh, are you in a place where you can afford? Um, to go and taste a lot of different things. I think of this like food. People are always like, what's my passion? What do I like to do? I'm like, I don't know. Like, If you only eat pizza and hot dogs, how do you not you know, know if you know, foie gras or sushi or, or lemon soup is your favorite food of all time? I don't know where lemon soup came from. But you know, are you in a place where you can go and try doing different things? And if you can't, Go get a nine to five job that pays your basic life away, and then spend your five thirty p.m. to midnight tasting other things in startup land or internships. That's the actual practical answer to solve this question. Where you go when you don't know what you want to do is you have to try to do things. I mean, it's not super complicated. So if you've got a trust fund, or if you've saved some money, or if you're living, you know, ghetto and don't give a shit and live with eleven roommates, and you know, then and can afford to just cancel it out. And uh, is uh. What you gotta do is you gotta go and try things. You gotta try operations, you gotta try sales, you gotta try all these different things. That's really just the only option out there. And so um, you've gotta put yourself in a position, whether being humble and and ghetto, uh, to go and try things, or maybe you're you're in a luxury spot where you can go and do that. It's really the only way. You're not gonna find out by guessing.
1: Kobus asks, what would be your top three tips for switching on your brain?
0: Co, this is an interesting question to me. Like that? Co, this is an interesting question to me. Um, I don't really know how to answer it. First of all, I don't do well with you know top three questions. So Vayner Nation, don't ask me top three questions because I, I don't even know how to gather my thoughts in that way. I'm not an active enough thinker to execute that. You know, I don't know. I, you know, weirdly, the only thing that comes to me on this answer, and it's why I took this question, because it, it's an interesting question, is. Passion. It's a very lightweight answer, it's a fluffy answer, but I truly believe that it is the answer. Meaning, if you actually love what you're doing, if you actually love it, there's no friction to turn on your brain. The only time I feel like I have to turn on my brain was when I was six to 22 years old when I was going through the education system of America. Right? That's when I felt like I had to turn it on You know, to appease horse crap that didn't match my reality. But ever since that day, when like, yay! And I went into like, you need to buy this Pinot Grigio. The second that started, in May of 1998, There's never been a day that I've had to activate. It's always on. And I don't mean always on buzzword marketing. It's that I love what I do so much that there is no friction to turn it on even when I am landing at two o'clock in the morning from a flight that's delayed like the other night and then going directly into it at 6.30 in the morning because the fire is so deep inside. You love it so much. You know, you don't need that jump start. Uh straightforward question, I think. There is a lot of opportunity in this economy
1: and also yes. a lot of distractions. Yes. Uh, as a professional with limited time trying to figure out where they want to start in business, how do you think I can best focus on how I'm going to make that decision? And also where I should start in the way of social media.
0: I think you need to think about the thing that you like the most. Sure. It really, this is, people understand, unless you really love what you do, somebody else is going to love it more and outwork you. Yeah, fair advice. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. Like, and by the way, it didn't seem like it made sense seven years ago to start a podcast around Pokemon, but if you stayed consistent, loved it, and, and inevitably if you were good at it, it's probably, if the number one Pokemon podcast right now could probably make $500,000 a year in, in advertising. It didn't seem right. What you might like the most is buying bottle caps at flea markets. It doesn't no. seem obvious, but I really believe that's where the internet's going, the long tail of niche interests at enough scale that brands want to tap into that. And so I think the, the hobbies and interests of many in this room is actually their unlock, right? You know, sure. I really believe that. So passion, period. long-term commitment, period. And no precedence needs to be set. Correct. Because mainly, like, then there's also because here's why it gets into a far more interesting debate. You ended up selling ties instead of starting a footy podcast. The tie company allowed you to make two hundred thirteen thousand a year when all the profits are done. The footy company let you make one thirteen. Some may say it was the tie business. I say it's the footy business because you're dramatically happier at one thirteen, and the only thing you had to do different was not buy dumb. That has to be the conversation. And it is not the conversation now. You understand? It, you know, it's not like just cause you love football uh-huh. or hip hop or roses that you're entitled to build a million dollar business around that. Passion is massively important, I'll tell you why. Work ethic is an absolute pillar of variable to being successful. Mm-hmm. And if you're passionate about something, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. And that's a big deal. Like, If you feel like, if you're working on your side hustle from six to two in the morning, 6 p.m., 7 p.m., right? And you're not up for it, like you're forcing yourself because you need the money or the dream, you've up, you picked the wrong thing. Like to punt all your leisure and all your friends and family and to work on something and to be tired the next day because you have to get up for work, which you really don't want to do, which is why you're building your side hustle, that has to be about your passion because it's just too hard if it's not it can't be about where you think you can make the most money. What I don't think people understand is you can make a lot more. Like there's a lot. So, I wrote Crush It a long time ago. The emails that I get, I get way more people that are making 50 to 200,000 a year talking about the craziest like the emails I get are so bananas. Like well, bananas in my Snapchat, so I won't use that. <laughs> like like hey Gary V, I you know, I read Crush It in 2009 and I'm making $74,000 a year in ads and selling t-shirts around raspberry jam only. I've had a lot more people make money deep, deep, deep in the longest tail niche that you could have ever thought of. Hip hop stars from 1986 to 1989, this is a real one. There's a guy who only talks about hip hop from 86 to 89 because he was in high school during those years and now he's like now he gets paid like five dollars to $10,000 a month retainer to do hip hop consulting for companies that came from the content he was putting out. He's stopped be. being an accountant. I mean, <laughs> right? But the people that are losing are, yeah. I tried to build an affiliate marketing company. I tried to do $500 eBooks. They went for the money. They had no patience. The hip hop guy and the raspberry jam girl and this guy had years of nobody giving a sh- before we popped. Mm. I did Wine Library TV for two years with not with crickets. Crickets. What kept you going during that time? Because I knew I was right. Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think is, and I'm, again, I'm talking from a brand marketer standpoint. Sure. What okay. do you think is the one, if you could tell them to go do one thing that would help open up their perspective, what would it be?
0: Man, there's so many. Um, one thing. One thing. One.
1: That, one. Focus.
0: One thing that could open up their perspective. The problem for me with that answer is, to answer that question, and as many of you know, I'm never sure to give a quick answer, is that I only care about execution. I only care about execution. So when I try to reverse engineer what a brand marketer needs to do to actually then go and execute, it could be going to a conference and being inspired. It could be going and working with a startup for a month to see how it actually is. But the reality is, it's almost like you know if i told them to do one thing it'd be to go tell their bosses what they actually feel because the whole is what's really the problem the fact that that's the the communi- it's it's like relationships it's you know people don't communicate enough right like we just don't communicate enough like the, there's just too much there's too much and then people are crippled to go and execute and that's the real thing that you see and the reason i think that my company can execute is that I have not been able to convince my team that I'm not joking that I want to give them 15 minutes at a time and that they can say anything. It's been surprising to me that they haven't taken me up on that. It's been surprising that they're still scared of me and that makes me realize infrastructure, I mean, could you imagine like me, right? Like you see what I am, right? There's still that intimidation based on layers. How do we create something that gets actual, authentic, real dialogue going on? Because everybody is crippled by rules and tons of tradition that doesn't actually matter in a 2014 world and that's why Barnes and Noble and Borders go out of business. That's why in the consumer part. packaged goods brand, you guys are always trying to buy Chiboni and Red Bull and vitamin water and you're unable to do it yourselves because there's just too much which makes you slow and everything is predicated on speed. Speed is the game and if you can't execute fast, you can't win because by the time you execute on your promise, the world's moved on you.
1: Yeah, so then it's just about implementation, right? Like how do we
0: do this and so. Meaning execution? Yeah, execution, implementation. So, so I know a lot of you don't know who I am unless you saw me two years ago. I get a lot of flack in the technology space. I was an early investor in Facebook and Twitter and Uber and did really well and have a lot of street cred in that world, and in that world, all of them are super upset with me because I always say that ideas are crap, right? Ideas are crap because I get 10,000 emails a week from people that want me to invest in their companies and they tell me that they have the greatest idea of all time. Everybody in here has an idea. The amount of times somebody comes up to me and goes, oh, I had the uber idea before it happened. Great, what do you want, a cookie? Like, like ideas are completely, completely, completely worthless unless you execute against those ideas. And you can sit here and tell me what your purpose is, but unless you go and execute against it, it's no different than something like an idea which is completely meaningless without fundamental execution. Everybody's stuck on the idea of it. Guys, it's not the idea of it. Waze wasn't a new innovation, right? Instagram wasn't a new innovation. Spotify wasn't a new, like, guys, it's like, you know, it's like, it's execution. So usually people are bouncing around their businesses because they think they're gonna come up with an idea, it's gonna launch, and Nirvana's gonna come, you know? It's just not, it's execution. Nothing I've ever done in my life is some new thing. I've just done it better, harder, longer, like, it's just in the edges. Elon Musk is not in this room right now. You understand? So you're bouncing around because you're not getting the traction that you're looking for because you're probably judging way too fast. <laughs> VaynerMedia sucked the first two years. Me and AJ had a long debate about selling it for a million dollars to Buddy Media 29 months in. Yeah, I mean, like, everybody's, like thinks like... Guys, most people are not... Actual entrepreneurs, and you, we are as a collective universe right now being tricked that we are. The key, if your son wants to be a profe- you know a professional sports gambler or a sports card flipper or or a sneaker flipper or an esports star or an Instagram celebrity, is work ethic. This is where parents often make the mistake in reverse. When I turned fourteen, I was a bad student. I, I was already a baseball card entrepreneur. My mom and dad looked at me and said, You now work in the liquor store every day. You're not going to be a, you're not going to Harvard, big shot. That means you're going to have to work. Right. You might as well start now. (laughs) So if your kid tells you that they're not going to follow the school system, I don't think, and they're not going to be in the NBA, they might not be able to be on three basketball teams. You may have to cut them to one because you want them to still have a balanced life, but they better work. Parents are not putting kids into the working system early enough. So now you have a kid that's getting Ds and Fs, but he's telling you mom, don't worry, I'm gonna be the next Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg sold CDs. Mark Zuckerberg built apps when he was a kid. There's a second part of this conversation that's not being talked about. I've never talked about it. I'm pumped for putting this on film as well. If you're gonna let your kid be an entrepreneur and that's the path, I want that kid to actually work.
1: So what job do you want these kids to get?
0: Either a business that actually makes money that they're doing by themselves, that's fine. Get a joint account, show me Ricky, not ideas, ideas. Execution. You got a business this summer? You're a DNF student going into ninth grade? Now we're going to high school? We've had a a very adult conversation that you're not gonna maybe go to college or you're not a great student? Okay, in between your summer from eighth to ninth grade, instead of slacking off and getting ready for high school, you either A, go work at Walmart so you can get dirt under your nails because that's the future of your life. Ooh, no kid wants to do that. Or you better start flipping on eBay or StockX or show me that your Instagram account around Magic the Gathering or around fashion makes money. So I'll give you June, but if on 4th of July, you can't show me a bank account that has $2,000 in it because you sold ads on your Instagram, now you're going to Walmart. Suffocating that is the key to practical parenting instead of ideological parenting. Right. And that is the framework of my optimism. By the way, the only reason I give away all my shit for free, and you know this is how I roll. Yeah. you benefited from it. Yeah. It's because I know there's only a couple of you. That are going to do it. Bingo. Right. Dude. I know we're going to rant it. And I don't know what kind of guest you're it's guys, it's execution. Right. Like, guys, it's ready? Ready? It's a good idea to be Ben Affleck, right? And, and what's the other? Matt Damon. And write a great script. And make a movie called Goodwill Hunting, become famous, famous, bang chicks, make lots of money, and have a great life. That's a good idea. Good. Now go do it. Exactly. Like I mean, geez, when are we going to understand that entrepreneurship is a skill? Exactly. This is like like when are we going to understand that? Look now, working hard, working smart. You can get some. A lot of people listening right now are making $48,000 a year, $72,000 a year, and could probably start a business that makes $200,000 a year, and that's great. But if you do not understand that it actually is actual talent that helps build a 10, 30, 40, what everybody needs to do on this that's listening, and that what you and I have to do, the only thing we can really do is put ourselves in the best position to succeed to maximize our upside. Like, let me sing, like, you know, meet me at the crossroads, that shit sucks, yeah, Bone Thugs still, knows how right, to do it. Right. But like, like, yes, yes, anybody can start a business. Right. Good, right. now what? Right, exactly. Are you losing belief? Or you just wish it was happening faster? Just wish it was happening faster. Well then you need to buck up and be more patient. Yeah? Yeah. Entrepreneurship is a lifestyle, not a tactic. Yeah, it's true. forever. There's ups, there's downs. You know there's a quote I always say that entrepreneurship's like UFC, everybody loses. Okay. Like you're a young woman, like you're gonna have many more at bats. Being hungry and wanting to win is very important, but all that ambition needs to be equally balanced with patience. And patience is hard. More patience. More patience. <laughs> from 20, from 14, but from 22 to 34, I worked every day. I went out, no weekends. I worked every day, every day, for 12 years to build my parents' liquor business, I left at 34 with nothing. With part ownership of the land the liquor store's on, but with a huge mortgage, which means I'm underwater. With a salary I paid myself, even though I built it from three to sixty million, that I never paid myself any real money. Started over at 34 after building a $60 million business. Patience. And if you want it, you want it. I wanted it. First, I wanted to pay back my parents from taking me from Russia and giving me this opportunity to being the best parents. All that love and wisdom that they put in me is why I can give it to you now. I had to pay that back. I had to really, I didn't want that debt on my shoulders. I wanted to really pay back my parents, like for real. And now I'm doing me. And I started 34. And I'm 43 and I'm a kid. I'm a kid. And you guys think I'm old as <laughs> So think about how young you really are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like at 17, 43 felt like dead. Like dead. When I was 22 and came out, my cousin was 30. I thought he was the oldest, like old. So I know exactly how you're feeling, but one day you're gonna be sitting here at 43 and you can see the heads nodding. You're gonna feel exactly the same. I feel the same fire, energy, optimism, ambition, heat that I did when I was a junior and senior in high school. Same same person, same same. When you read, if you could, if one of you actually internalized that and said that's true, you'll get patient, man. You want to talk about not stressing about the next five or 10 years? If you actually felt what I just said and you believed it, which I know is hard, I get it. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, changing perspective's hard. But if you believed it, you'd be patient as You wouldn't be so stressed. Be like, he's talking like that. You're 17? 18. 18. You're like, okay, double my age. I'm going to be 36. I'm going to live my life completely over again from, this, from the get and I'm gonna be 36, which is seven years younger than he is right now. And he's talking like that, slows down. The absolute calling card of my career, patience. The utter lack of patience in this room is the absolute variable of the people that win and lose, especially when we talk about the things that I believe in, like these platforms. The amount of people that have emailed me saying, hey Gary, you got me super pumped on Snapchat in January. Well, I've been really going at it hard and I'm not getting the results yet. And that email came in February. (laughs) The amount of time it takes, let me give you a good example. I think a lot of you can agree, because I know a lot of you know me, that I. Been good at this stuff, that I've been good at this content and social media thing for the last 10 years. The day Facebook pages came out for people, the day it came out, six, seven, eight, nine, I'm trying to think about eight years ago, until four months ago, I've been putting out content every day, I've been Gary v. I get plenty of exposure, pounding away, doing everything right, and from that day, eight years ago to four months ago, I amassed 550,000 likes, followers on my Facebook fan page. In the last four months that page has gone from 550,000 to over a million followers, organic. Because four months ago I figured out how Facebook video was working in a better way. All those hours, my entire livelihood for seven years running the biggest agency in the space and I got to a half a million. And in four months, an additional half a million because chipping away and learning, chipping away and learning, chipping away and learning, patience, hard work, patience, hard work, and a huge game shift for my business and my personal brand world. That is what it takes. If you have the audacity to sit here and want to have a business on your terms and crush it and live your life your way, then you have to put in the work into this craft. Because there is so much of your consumer's attention living on it, it is unbelievable. I don't, g- I don't guess. It's clear. I don't, so guess. You don't
1: you don't have to guess because your principles either fit around the things or they don't fit around the Correct. things. Right? And Correct right. so That's how you, that's your. And, and north I'm not star.
0: and my, that's my North Star yeah. and my North Star is not to make a prediction.. Yeah. And, and the reason I think I jumped in so hard, Rye, yeah. is and I kind of know where you were going, but I, I'm like excited about it because I think I really genuinely think personal brands, which now everyone is, a lot of them are going to lose because of making predictions. Yeah. You know, how many characters do we need to see that were social media experts a couple of minutes ago, real estate experts in 09, social media experts in 11. Yeah.
1: We know a lot of those. Cannabis ex- <laughs> they're cur-
0: they're currently blockchain. cannabis and blockchain experts. But
1: not blockchain crypto. Right.
0: Know? And like and will be something else in two, you know. Yeah. I'm a human behavior um, empath. Who also happens to really enjoy selling and business and communication and have packaged up and then on, layered on top have operational capability, you know?
1: And also combine the thing, and this, this
0: is more a, where I was going and was doing a bad job of it. Um, combine w- which all
1: great investors, entrepreneurs, I think philanthropists, patience. Patience. So this thing of, of I don't have to be right today. Right, and that's what I was saying, like, given, I don't, I I don't, it doesn't have to all be right today, and then, look, everything came together, and it's packaged up in a bow, and, ooh, look, it's, no, I believe this thing is happening. But if you're investing Uh, in principles, you don't have to be right today. And, and, and I
0: think you guys will like this. One of the things I do, and you can look at the early times I talked about voice, I'm like, this is not here Mm -hmm. yet. Yeah. But this is coming. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, again, this is so fun to do the podcast after somebody asked. I literally said four years. Mm -hmm. I said it. And, and that might be early or late, but it's like, at least at this moment, it's why I don't usually, you know, it's ironic, I don't usually do that. Yeah. Because I, I don't know how to do that. What I know how to do is the second I know it's time, I get very loud.
1: How much time do we spend
0: operating versus managing a business? You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a programmer, so how do I,
1: like, how do I balance my time in building a platform versus managing uh, everything around it?
0: Patience. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, it was seven years of Vay- VaynerMedia before there was an M and activity. You know, so patience, mm-hmm. uh, putting in the work based on your ambition. So, you know, I don't know you two, and I don't want you to burn out. But if you have this big ambition, because ha- I operate and manage, and I'm Gary V. Right. And so, so, what I why I say that is. I wanna know what your 24 hours look like, I really do. Now, now, if you have patience, you don't have to burn out, mm-hmm. right, you know, but the way you manage it is more time. Like I were, for example, every day during COVID, like I'm basically at 14 hours every minute, no lunch, no dinner in front of the computer, you know, really, you know, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m., like just right there, 12, 13, 14 every minute. That's a lot of output in one day. That's 13, 14 hours of work. You know, A lot of people who have big ambitions, when they really audit it, they did this for an hour in the middle of the day, they took care of this personal matter, like how many hours of output? And then if your ambition is big, because you're talking big, is you're both so young. And before you say anything, Daniel, you're so young. So you're both so young that it's okay to be eight hours, but you just need to know that that's gonna then take 14 years. Yeah. It's net hours. Macro patience, patience, micro speed. It's a contradiction, right? Mm -hmm. So what I mean is on a global scale, I'm gonna always care about my reputation and my name and how I'm viewed in history. So you have to be thoughtful and patient. But on a daily basis, right. for 18 hours a day, if if I have to go and meet Russ and be out to two o'clock in the morning like the other night, I'm gonna squeeze in every moment of every day that I can. So on a daily basis, I'm on fire, right? Uh, Russ, typical hip hop star, late today. We're you know maneuvering. <laughs> I'm on calls. They walked in. I'm on big client thing. I gotta step out. We got. I'm already thinking like we gotta finish this real quick because I got 17 other th- like on a daily basis. I'm on. Fire. on a macro basis, <laughs> on a macro basis, I'm super calm. I'm like, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. If today wasn't the day and if this was not piece, so yeah, exactly, I absolutely believe in that, and I understand why it's difficult. It's why I got to the macro patience, micro speed. Day in and day out, like it's your last day. Year in, year out, like it's forever. And I want to talk about self-awareness. Self-awareness is massively important. If I could wish anything, on anybody besides health, it would be self-awareness. I think the reason that I've had a happy life and some success is because of self-awareness. It, it allows me to recognize the 99% of things that I suck crap at. And what's happening right now is because it's so easy to get an at-bat and to start a business and to be a startup founder, so many people are doing it. Right? That same gift is actually potentially not a curse because it's a tremendous experience and it's not like you're doing anything wrong. But I do implore everybody as you get excited about this week and everything that's going on and definitely what's going to start happening in this town to really give a lot of thought to what you're good at and what you're not good at. And, and, and I implore you to really, if you're lucky enough to have self-awareness or if you're lucky enough to be comfortable with who you are and you're not in the business of lying to yourself, and I think everybody is a little bit, including myself. But if you're good at it, um, I, I really implore you to triple down and quadruple down and seven x down on your strengths. you're an outspoken advocate for both hustle and self awareness. Yes. But if you had to put them in order, even if it's a one a and one self-awareness. b. Self awareness. Self awareness. And it's not enclosed. When you know who really? you yes. When you know who you are, hustle's sexier. Yeah. Like it would have been cooler for like the people listening for me to say hustle because it's cooler. Mm-hmm. Self awareness is the game. So, I love sports. Um, I don't play a lot, I'm old now, I'm 40, I I try to play. I wish we could have played this morning, I'm sorry I had to miss it. But what you would have noticed very quickly is I have no left hand because I didn't have older brothers, I didn't have anybody teaching me to go to my, like when my brother, AJ is a much better player, mm-hmm. because when he was nine, I forced him to only play lefty, which allowed him to have both sides of the ball. I'm self-aware that I don't have a left hand. One of the reasons I don't get the ball stolen so much, and when you play pickup basketball, is I try not to go to that direction that much. If somebody's smart and paying attention, they'll recognize it by game two or three, and they'll be able to defend me better. But when you know yourself, you win. In business, the reason I've been so successful is I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. Yeah. And so when you actually understand yourself, you know how many people are listening right now that love athletics and think they have a jump shot and think they can take it to the rack? You see it daily. That's right. And when, and instead of taking a step back and saying, I suck going to my left and then working on it, yep. they continue to themselves and they never excel. Self-awareness in sports is that and in business it's people that think they're a good marketer. Or it's somebody who thinks that they're good at selling. Or it's somebody who thinks they're good at HR or being a leader. And the truth is you may not be. And I think, you know, you look at, you know, I'm friendly with Draymond Green. Yeah. His self-awareness has made him a much better basketball player because he knew what he was good at. Yeah. And Tom Izzo did a great does a great job with that. If you look at why Michigan's you know, you know this better than I do. I'm just I'm just dangerous enough to add to this conversation. Of course. He puts players in a position to succeed, then the whole team is better. You know, and so my friends, if you're listening right now, if you just know who you are, if you know that you're short, if you know that you're fast, if you know that you can shoot, if you know that you're a good guy, if you know that you're a patient gal, if, if you know who you are and do more of that and then also understand whether you need to work on those weaknesses or not. So for example, in business I think actually not working on your weaknesses is a good strategy because you hire or partner up around it. The problem with basketball is, just being cliche here, is if you never work on your left hand, you're never gonna have it. So, you know, and it limits you. So I think self-awareness is the single most important drug in society. Self-awareness is an understanding of who you actually are versus who you wish to be, who your parents wish to be, who even your mentors wish you to be. It's you understanding who you actually are. At a very young age, I knew who I was. I was a kid that loved to make money. I was a kid who instead of going outside and playing wanted to sell lemonade, wanted to shovel people's snow, wanted to rake leaves, wanted to wash people's cars. I wanted to do stuff to get money. That's just who I was. And it wasn't even about the money. I didn't want to buy stuff. It's not like I wanted to buy Nintendo or, or a football. I just loved the game. Of trying to build a business, the same way you might love playing a video game or playing a sport or reading or I don't know what you love, but what I loved, what I loved, was having a business. My God, if I knew how to teach self-awareness, I'd probably quit right now and do it because that's how I buy the jets, right? Like, and I'm sure, and I'm sure a lot of people can raise their hand and give their rationale to how you do it. It's pretty intense. Like, if you really settle into really thinking about this and like i think to the 50 people that i know the best uh, yeah, and i think about the four or five that i've desperately through my entire life have tried to help somebody who i i appreciate i do think i'm outrageously self-aware it's probably my superpower right like i don't know how to instill it other than creating safety and honesty communication i just keep pounding at these core things i i really 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 believe the thing that's holding people back is the romantic version of who they think they want to be or who they think they are versus who they actually are. I mean, it is a big deal. I I really truly, back to an earlier point you made, I really, really, really love myself a lot. I really do. But I'm also but I because I love my shortcomings. Like they're just me. Like no everybody's got them. You've all got shortcomings. And we've all got strengths. It's just there is no perfect, right? I mean, that's why I'm so enjoying all of these Tom Brady email leaks his perfect is going away really fast while he's complaining about his you know pool covers so you know I think that uh, I think that uh, there is no perfect and so I don't know to be honest with you but I do know that it starts with you being open open to going there right I know that that's right I know that I'm completely you, you need to you can't just say it you know how many people in here that I know intimately say they're hustlers and then I watch because I'm curious and they're just not? So you can't just say you want to go up there because if you're gonna go there, you're gonna have to look a lot of in the face that you're not gonna like. I had a struggle through all my 20s. You know, I, I had a meeting with my team the other day that I struggled with in an intense way because I was giving negative feedback. Ah, it's so uncomfortable for me. You know, I, I'm bad at it. And what did that mean in my 20s at Wine Library? It meant I was foolish. It means I couldn't tell you to your face, you sucked, and I figured out ways to get you out, right? That was something I had to, like, in an authentic world, I had to realize, holy I'm full of because I'm not good at negativity, and I can't give you real feedback. And I've learned, and I'm a much better operator at VaynerMedia in giving that feedback. I'm not even close. Emily is a good example. Like, I've been able to give her real feedback along the way, something I would have never been able to do. And so, you've gotta open up yourself to to looking things that, that you everybody in here right now, in a second, can think of something that they're not good at, that isn't noble, that they're a bad person in, in a second that they know they haven't addressed yet with themselves. That's intriguing. That's the beginning of the process. It's, it's interesting. Empathy, 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 empathy. Empathy is the secret drug of success.
1: And you, you have to feel it. You know? Yeah, you have
0: to have it. It's like being so. Super so, what do you say? To people
1: who don't have it, they're in deep. If you don't, <laughs> they're in deep. I deep to be I more don't empathetic. Know.
0: But I can tell you that I'm sure being around empathetic people, being in, I'll tell you that Vayner has a great ambition to suffocate it, so make it a real thing, so people can learn from it. I, I think. Look at everybody here; they've all had different strives in it. It matter depending on.
1: But that's part of the honey, right? That you're the trying. The honey that, empire. That's, yeah. that's I mean, you're... people, look, it's So, so let me, ask you, let me yeah. ask you a tough question. So Go let's ahead. say there's someone who works here at Vayner who is killing it. Fired, they are bringing fired, fired. F- no, you know no, where I'm going, no, of right? Of
0: course, because I'm the biggest revenue driver by such a disproportionate part that I would never put myself in a position that I'm at the mercy of somebody else. It's unbelievable how I just, I do not take the accolades and I do not take the hate. I'm just in the middle. I'm in my own head.
1: It's really uh, a reflection of who's saying it. It's not a, even a reflection I'll, I'll of you. Honest, it's their projection I'll
0: of you. You'll appreciate this? It doesn't even go that far, bro. Honestly, <laughs> I've got earpods in 24 seven. Can't hear <laughs> From my mom to a stranger, just don't hear it. I don't know what else to tell you. I'm in a very place, a very interesting place on this. It, you know what it's driven by? Empathy. I know they don't know me. They don't know me. They They just can't begin to know me. Like, I hate Scottie Pippen. I don't know Scottie Pippen. So I understand it. I f- hate Scottie Pippen. I, I <laughs> despise Tom Brady. And, f- and I actually know a lot of people that know him. And it sounds like he's a fairly solid dude. I still <laughs> hate him. And so like, if I'm willing to do that, then everyone's willing to do that. And everyone and gets permission to that's do that. It. You know what's crazy? If I made $70,000 a year, I'd be set. I'd be real happy. I don't need anything. When, when you don't need anything, when you don't expect anything from others, when you don't need anything, when you love losing, when you don't give a about what other people think, you become fundamentally unbeatable. And that's what I am. I'm unbeatable because of humility, empathy, uh, that's it man. Cool. Yeah. Like it's starting to be interesting. How I'm like starting to figure it out. I'm like, oh okay. You can't beat me. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna say? <laughs> I like it. Like I want more chips on my shoulder. I like. Why do you think I love the Jets so much? Like it's true though. Yeah. Empathy. Yeah. You have to have empathy for your people. You have to. I mean, you know how much I love D-Rock, who films me. That's the first time I've ever seen him drop his camera, and it dropped on your guy. You know how? Did you watch? You know, you didn't get the. You didn't get to see the angle. I was watching him while we were been doing this yeah, interview. He was upset for five minutes. He's still upset. You know, you have to have empathy. Do you care about other people? I think that's how you become consumer centric. I care more about my customer than myself. I care about my employees. I care about my employees first, yeah. my customers second, yeah. and me third. And honestly, actually, it's not even true. Employees, yeah. customers, the company, Vayner Media, yeah. right? Wine Library. Do you know how many times I've paid people? a severance from my bank account personally, not from the company's, because I thought that I was doing the wrong thing by the company and I wanted to do something for yeah, my agree. former employee. It came out of my pocket. Yeah. Most people are the reverse of me. They want all the money. The only reason they have employees or a company is for their personal money.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm not. So I think empathy, self-awareness, empathy.
1: So what's the secret of, of making people engage with your content? I mean, it's, it's just smarts, empathy, okay.
0: Empathy is the secret. I believe I sit at where I am in Lexicon, which is I think a winning player in today's new environment because I'm empathetic to my audience. I put out content that brings them value, not makes me feel good about myself. I mean, if I could wish anything, I would wish the balance of self-awareness, self-esteem, and empathy. A lot of what drives me is empathy. I'm, I'm not upset at people that judge me. I wasn't mad at the teachers. Their framework was, did I read Catcher in the Rye and know what to write in this test? I didn't read it, so I was in trouble, <laughs> you know. But, yeah. And so it's, it's really pulling from opposite directions. It's disproportionate confidence and being quiet within my head, yet being unbelievably empathetic to why the machine yeah. does what it does. Yeah. And so, but yes, I mean, I have a disproportionately happy life because I don't like to be judged. I don't want to be razzed. But ultimately, I don't give a So,
1: I love that.
0: And and, and again, and I put myself in a position not to. It's not as easy when you work within a company when your boss's boss has an opinion of you, that matters.
1: Exactly.
0: I just decided school, I, I don't know why I understood. You know, it's so funny, so much of what I talk about is the world came to me because I never went to the world. Right? like Entrepreneurship wasn't cool. Like the world came to me. I stayed the course of being an entrepreneur. I was judged for working my dad's liquor store as a 26 year old while my friends went to Wall Street and got a BMW. I just stayed the course and then all of a sudden you wake up and the world comes to you. If somebody at school or in the comments is taking the time to watch your videos and tell you that you're ugly, you suck, you're stupid, they're in a very bad place. I mean it. I've been taking hate for a decade. And everyone's like, haters, you know, like, like delete it. I've actually only seen it one way from the first day in 2006 to now, which is 13 years. Uh, I feel bad for them. Like, I'm not even kidding. And I'm not talking like bad for them, like, you're now cool and have four million, they don't have it. I actually mean... Think about how much it would suck to be in a place in your life where you are so hurting inside that you wanna drag somebody else down. Compassion and empathy. I actually feel warmth towards the people that hate me the most. Yeah, it's an unusual answer, but I think it's why I've been able to persevere for so long with so much judgment thrown at me. And my whole career has been innovating in the wine business, in Silicon Valley, and, and now in the ad world. Like, I, 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 don't, I get hate from people that are well-established, not from anonymous accounts, because I'm
1: disrupting. Thank you so much for listening and watching that episode of the Gary Vee Audio Experience. We hope you enjoyed it. We wanna urge you to leave a review, whether you liked the podcast, whether you didn't like the podcast, what you wanna see more of. Once again, thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you in the next episode.